to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I'm your host, Megan Vole. And I'm your co-host, Garth Casborn. And today we're doing a little a something a little different. We're doing a, one of our mini-series, I think, as Garth said, was telling me before, the fifth episode in our Graduated Life series. And this is where we interview a Western graduate who has finished their graduate degree and is now out in the world, so to speak. And today I have the privilege of interviewing a very good friend of mine. We met in our undergraduate at the University of Waterloo and he we reconnected at a at a friend's wedding and I asked him if he wanted to be on the show and he said yes. We're here today with Matt Skidmore. Matt, thank you for coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Megan. Thank you, Garth. It's an absolute <laughs> pleasure. Yeah. And just to start us off, do you want to tell us what did what was your graduate degree and what are you doing now? Sure. So uh, my graduate degree at uh, Western, I did library and info sciences. So I graduated, oh God, the years sort of blur together, 2021. <laughs> and uh, now I am working for public libraries in uh, the GTA. So going into it, I I guess going into my degree, I really wanted to to. I was really set on that public library track, and uh, I'm really pleased to be doing exactly what I wanted to do. So for that kind of position, it's expected then that that somebody would have a graduate degree? So I think the probably the best sort of advice I can impart into like is, is that every system is different. Um, I learned that really quickly, having recently moved from one public library system to another public library system. Um, Everybody has a different set of qualifications, different set of expectations. Um, that being said, the LIS degree was definitely the like the definitely what let me get that leg up over uh, a lot of other people in the system. Um, I'm currently at Mississauga Library right now, and I'm working with about a dozen or so absolutely fantastic people, but um, some of whom have been in the system for 20, 25, almost 30 years, but none of them have uh, the LIS degree, and they're they're very happy with where they are, but at the end of the day, their position, their their ability for to advance is ultimately stopped by that. Oh, you mentioned a lot of moving around. So does your, to get to where you were or are now, does it entail a lot of moving around? Oh, by far. Um, I think one of the big discussions that I remember my cohort having was um, with, especially with public libraries, because... Uh, because the demand is not as great as what it used to be, you're definitely looking at a lot of contract work, a lot of one-year contract, 18-month contract, and that could be all over Canada. Um, the thing about the LIS degree is that it's recognized both in Canada and the U.S., and that ultimately the way the um, courses were, the way my uh, the courses were structured at Western. Uh, we didn't have to pick a discipline. I didn't go the, these are my courses that I want because I want to do public libraries. We were really encouraged to take a grab bag of everything. And that's something that I'm really glad that I did. I took a few archiving courses, realized I didn't like it. I took a few um, uh, database courses, realized I didn't like it. Uh, and then even then it was that experience and uh helped push me in the right direction of realizing, hey, I want to do more programming based courses, not not like computer programming, more like, you know, story time and events based programming um, that worked, uh, that really helped to set me on that path towards public libraries. 
so when you mentioned programming, can you can you explain that a little more to me? Because you talked about storytelling, and I know not to jump into it, but I know that's a big part of what you kind of do. Sure. Yeah. So in public libraries, programming is like the the, the jargon for essentially events. Uh, if you go to the public library and they're hosting like a story time, they're hosting like an author night or any sort of event, those are all in the library jargon considered programs. And helping to run, helping to either run that or putting that together is like programming. Um, different libraries will have different names for it, but uh, that's what the LIS specifically called it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that really came down to, um, I remember like I took a children's programming course during my LIS and that was, there's a video of me doing like a 15 minute long children's story time where I'm singing a song and I'm like reciting some rhymes and reading a story. And there's a whole like science that you're supposed to hold a storybook to, right? But um, <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's very, it's very, um, it's a very integral part to public libraries but even then it, that that can change um i guess the role that i'm in at mississauga right now um programming isn't as big of a uh is programming actually isn't involved at all uh it was a lot more prevalent at my previous position when i was at oakville you mentioned you did a lot of programming programming as lis calls it at, at during your time in your graduate degree mm -hmm. Um, what other kinds of courses were you taking that the at that LIS offers that were really valuable to you trying to get your your job at um, the Mississauga Public Library? Yeah, um, I think I, I I had mentioned previously there was a lot of things that were really helpful that I took in that it it gave me a taste for it and allowed me to decide if I liked it or not. Um, mm -hmm. uh, archival archival work. I took a whole three courses on that. Part of that was uh, one of those was mandatory, two of those were optional, but I wanted to see what it would be like and it was something I enjoyed and ultimately found out it wasn't for me. Um, that being said, just because at Western, because of how open the LIS program is, I heavily, heavily recommend, even if folks are going into it with an idea of what they want to do, just to take a grab bag of courses, a variety of courses. Um, I think actually more specifically to answer your question, some of the courses that I took were on database, uh, database and specifically database searching. So because um, with public libraries, you get a myriad of questions. You're at the reference desk, someone will come in and they'll have a question about a subject that you've never even heard of or an idea or a concept, something that they want to learn about and you've never heard about any of this before. So where do you start? So the neat thing about those database courses was the assumption that people are going to come to you with no idea of, and you'll have no idea what's going on, but because you have this um, very, very practical how to search database courses, you'll have a good idea of how to construct a Google search, how to search through LexisNexis, how to, what, um, you know, the ins and the outs of like, other reference databases and what might potentially be useful for you. I feel like that uh, how to search something should be required learning for any graduate student having to <laughs> search the literature. <laughs> and, and I imagine too, um, just having, saying how much you appreciated having sort of the grab bag of courses from Western. I imagine like if you're working with a team of people in a public library, then it's probably really useful to have a, some understanding of what everybody else is actually doing and how to interact with them. Do you find that? 
Um, yeah, like you, definitely, definitely up to a point. I mean, uh, at Mississauga right now, or I guess in public, in my experience, at, at having been at two different two different systems, um, the biggest question that you will get from the public, because again, if you're going to public libraries, a lot of what you're doing will be customer interaction. The biggest question you'll get is, "I need to print something." That's it. That's that's the biggest question. So, uh, and the second biggest question would be. Um, uh, I need to renew my library card. Uh, and then the third, the big grab bag is I have a reference question. I need to find a book. I need to find, um, I guess now in this day and age, it, it, you don't really have as many. I need to find this book for my homework or I need to find this book for my paper. That being said, I had a customer today who wanted to find examples of polyphonic and homophonic music. Mm -hmm. I've never heard of any of those before, but let's do some quick searches let's see what we can find and you know was ultimately really pleased because we was able to find uh uh able able to find uh, uh examples of music that she could take back to her music class so i guess i guess more to, more to answer your question um the point that the, the point that i'm trying to get at there is there is a very solid delineation between uh public service work um that you know, anyone that loves public service work, anyone that interested in public service work can definitely do. And then the more technical side, which is occupies uh, currently the other 50% of my job right now. So the more technical stuff is uh, weeding. Public libraries, they do a lot of weeding. That's the that's the term for you go through your database, you go through your, your database, you find books that haven't been checked out since for the last four years. If they haven't been checked out, uh, the yoga, you got to take them all off the shelves and then flip through them, figure out why they haven't been checked out. Is there, is there content in there that's no longer useful? Is there um, um, like outdated, outdated or, you know, information that's just, or, or is there terms that are no longer just like, well, you know, acceptable anymore? Why are these not going out and like, let's, and can we get rid of them to, to, um, uh, make our collection a little more lean. That's a that's a little little trade secret. Is that if you hate throwing out books, you're not going to enjoy being a librarian. Oh. You you have to throw out a lot of books, and ultimately, at the end of the day, like it's it's uh, a big part of that is making sure that if somebody is looking at your shelves, everything that they could see is a potential source of interest. Is potential is it could be potentially useful to them. Um, the IELTS uh guidebooks from 2017 are no longer useful anymore yeah they're gone right like throw throw them out the ones from now the question is are the ones from 2021 are those still useful well well and then so then there's a whole you know little tree tree diagram and a, a lot of it is um i wouldn't necessarily say it's uh, a decent decent chunk of it was a lot of on the job training a lot of a lot of intuition but just ultimately trying to make that collection more lean, more useful to the customer. Would you say that's um, in any way a little bit different versus in a public library versus a university library? I'm sort of imagining a university library have, might have more of a duty to sort of archive materials um, versus a public library, or 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 is that true? Um, I mean, I couldn't having having honestly, quite frankly, having not not worked in a university library, I couldn't really. Uh, make the comparison there um or that being said i know one of the big one of the the 
biggest issues at public libraries is space. Uh, we only have so much space and we don't have the problem with storing with putting things into storage is that if something's on the shelf, somebody may come along and take it. If something's not on the shelf and in storage, nobody's going to be interested in it. Nobody's going to have that serendipitous browsing moment and finding that thing that they want. It's in a box down in the archives that's you know never going to see the light of day again. And um, a lot of people aren't interested in using the library catalog to find picture books for their kids. And that's perfectly fine, right? They'd rather look through the shelves and find something that's find something's there. So yeah, you, you definitely, space is definitely a big issue. And I, I, I would imagine, again, not, not being an expert on university or not having any, any experience with university libraries, just that some, if some places have that, that storage or have, have that capacity for storage, or I guess otherwise have that ability to um, have more of an audience that's interested in more older archived material, definitely. But I mean, um, if a picture book hasn't gone out in the past two years, it's going into the garbage. There's, there's no real way to save it. There's just because it just means there's no interest in it anymore. Uh, granted, there's a lot of other factors that go into that, but that's one of the big deciding ones. Now, now, Matt, you mentioned, I know, I know you mentioned a lot of this was on the job training and you've already gone through, I think, a couple elements that your LIS degree did help you with. But I'm just curious, um, I guess, what elements of your everyday work that you do were stuff that you either picked up on the job versus you learned this in school and are now applying it? Ooh, that's a good question. Um <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a hard um, question. <laughs> uh, well, because um, ultimately, I'm not saying that my LIS degree was, you know, well, the 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 do 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 not do like when I talk about on the job training. Don't get me wrong; the LIS degree was absolutely essential uh, in getting me the position. I guess, like, I could probably specifically speak more to uh, back when I was at Oakville when I was doing more programming. Um, Part of that was uh, a lot of that was um, the the coursework that I had that was specifically related uh, directly related to programming, right? I talked, I, I I mentioned earlier about there's a specific way to hold a book. There's a old video from like the '80s filmed by like a doctor, uh, a man who's got like a doctorate in library and information studies, who's very seriously spending 15 minutes giving very very good practical advice on how to hold a picture book. You hold it with your right hand on the spine and you turn the pages with your left hand on the bottom of the page. If you reach over on the top, you're gonna to be covering the picture. And it also means that you're, you're bringing your shoulder over and you can't show the pictures as much because you need to be you know, constantly rotating the book and showing the kids like the pictures there. Um, I guess part of the, the other coursework, I did other coursework, um, like the database retrieval coursework, that was absolutely essential. Um, I looked, I also did um, like special collections. So I think the topic that I did was graphic novels. So how to, a big part of that was like advocating for, how to advocate for graphic novels as part of your library collection. Like how to talk to people about, uh, how to talk to the public about like, hey, I have, a, you're looking for reading suggestions why not try a comic book? A lot of parents get like really, really weird about that where, uh, you know, they'll very specifically come to the desk and say, hey, I want a book for my kid, but it can't be a comic book because I want them to read. And you're like, well, uh, yeah, but, and then 
you know, part, um, graphic novels, some graphic, no there's a lot of graphic novels that are very, very well written. There's a lot of graphic novels that have literary merit that may be of interest to your kid. Uh, a lot of uh, kids, especially at that is, you know, especially at younger ages, have trouble making that transition from, you know, picture books to just solely the written words. The graphic novel helps to make a, a good little transitory, uh, helps to fill in for that good uh, transitory period there. I don't want to give the impression that my LAS degree was useless speak or, you know, was was just a, just a ticket that I needed to get punched because ultimately at the end of the day, having done all that coursework, realized what I liked, what I didn't like, and then getting some very practical experience um, made the made the 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 job interview easier right um if you go work in a public library they are probably going to ask you to read a picture book as part of the job interview like that's a big thing um and it's can you project the voice can you do the right voices you know are you are you reading it or are you performing it and that was something that was uh, again one of those small little things but that was directly addressed in my in my coursework well, that's super interesting. I did not know there was a correct way to hold a picture book <laughs> at all. Weird. He's he's wearing a tie in the video. It's a very very serious video. Oh, I want to know if we have. Wonder if we can get that video. I should <laughs> see if I can track it down for you. Just gonna, maybe it's on YouTube or something. <laughs> it's an old classic video or something. Yeah. So it sounds like you you really did know that uh, you know like sort of public facing stuff is is really um, what does it for you. Um, I guess that the Western sort of cemented that or, or has that always been sort of a, have you always liked, I don't know, performing or being in front of people? Oh, I, de it, it definitely cemented, but I like, I, yeah, I, even going into it, I had a very strong idea. Um, I, I love talking to people. I love talking to the public. Um, it is very much a, a almost uh working in a public library can you know working with the public uh, the public facing side can very much be a little bit like retail people will get frustrated with you people will get angry at you and you know and you have to develop your own like little skills and strategies to to uh, weather that um i know i very i remember very specifically that i was a little i was unique in my cohort for wanting to go into public libraries um there was a there was a woman that like because we you know we had that discussion about what we want to do afterwards so I was like oh I want to do public and I remember very specifically there was a woman that looked at me and she's like really Matt you public libraries I'm like oh, okay <laughs> I don't but no I I think these past uh, few years that I've been in them has definitely um, proven my ability to be there. So most of the people in your cohort wanted to do what like academic, academic or special collections. Um, that's that's the oh yeah that's the other thing I could talk about there. Um, LIS an LIS opens a lot of doors, um, a lot of places that you would never expect to have uh, a library are in need of librarians. Those jobs are definitely you know few and far between, but they are still in demand. Uh, a lot of uh, businesses need librarians. Hospitals need librarians. Um, a lot of corporations need librarians. Need someone who's trained at archiving, finding information quickly, um, who can communicate that, who can explain, um, who can has is been given a concept they've never heard of before, but can deliver a report on it. Uh, yeah, so you definitely get it's it's definitely three major streams: uh, academic 
special libraries and public libraries and public libraries it's it's a little it's you, you gotta be you gotta be especially interested in it right it's it doesn't pay as well it's tougher to get into um and at the end of the day uh, you do have to work with the public and for some people like myself that's an asset i love that but for some people uh, not so much and that's just how it is sounds a little bit like family medicine within uh within the medical sphere it sort of you know it's become a bit of a a punching bag and but we have this massive shortage of family doctors uh, is there is there a shortage of of public librarians people like if, if you were the only one in your cohort wanting to go into that or or, or is that part of the reason why you have so many colleagues that don't have a graduate education? Do they, do people tend to go into it from a different kind of background? Yes, definitely the latter. Um, hmm. The team that I'm working with at Mississauga, um, they've, they, every, as I said, every, every library system does it differently. Uh, some people, uh, when I was at Oakville, when I was getting hired onto Oakville, they wanted either job experience or an LIS degree when I was getting hired on Mississauga at the librarian level, I, I wasn't considered a librarian at Oakville. Uh, when I, um, on Miss, at Mississauga, um, they've specifically wanted the LIS degree along with the experience. Um, it's definitely a lot tougher. Um, the, the demand for public librarians isn't, isn't there as much as it used to be. Uh, a lot of places are unionized. It makes it very tough to get into some. Uh, systems um, and then staying in the GTA for my career has been both a blessing and a curse right that it's you have I am blessed with all of these towns of 100,000 people that need these you know Oakville Burlington Mississauga like all these places that are big enough to need librarians but these are also places that are also unionized very tough to get into um, for a lot of places that can mean part-time hours for years um and in my case i've been very very lucky to secure contract uh full-time work in um in systems that are a little more friendly to contract workers um mississauga has a probationary period that after i'm finished that i'm considered a full-time member and have access to their um inner job board or um, private job boards. So um, there's potential for advancement there. And I guess the point that I'm getting at is that it's it's not present. That that potential for, for, for advancement is very, very difficult. Uh, a lot of your, you go into public libraries, a lot of the people you will meet are older, um, not old enough to retire, um, but old enough that you're probably going to be towards the bottom for another five maybe 10 years so advancement doesn't come quickly then no god good god it does not um i guess to um mississauga has 18 libraries mm -hmm. um and every library has a librarian uh and a senior librarian for a total of two right so that's 36 job openings oh. uh and granted, like the larger branches potentially might have like uh, the larger branch of Mississauga have two or three librarians, but it's not more than 50. Oh, sorry, the, the, the total isn't more than 50. That's just staggering when you think about it, though, because I, I wouldn't think it was that low of a number, like total number of librarians. 
yeah, but it, it's I guess it's I guess it's balanced out by the fact that you know Toronto's just next door, and Toronto their demand is huge. Um, if you're really committed to staying in the GTA, Oakville, Burlington, um, Brampton, Hamilton, uh, you're able to bounce around back and forth. Um, again, if you're willing to do that willing to do that contract work till something permanent full-time comes up um i have friends and colleagues um uh, that went out went out east went out west uh the circumstances of there are very different i couldn't personally speak to them but it's the demand the demand is different all over ontario no i i we've talked a lot about you know what your job entails i think matt and uh what your lis degree was was like but the one thing i don't think we've asked you I don't think, but maybe you've already mentioned it is what, what does a day in your life at the library look like? You got a very solid 50, 50 split. Um, as a librarian in Mississauga, um, they try and keep me off the desk as much as I can. So what that still means in a seven hour, in an eight hour day, I will be on the desk for maybe two hours on the reference desk, answering questions, helping people print paper, um, the I had a fireman coming in who was doing a review exam. He needed 36 pages printed double sided. Then that photocopier jammed four times today. Now the other six hours of my day, or excuse me, other five hours of my day was off desk. So currently, it's we have a big weeding project that I'm doing, um, that I'm doing at the uh, at the library, um, and there's a a, a bunch of again, with every system being different, there's a bunch of different like odds and ends that your system will decide can only be done by a librarian. Um, for Mississauga, that means weeding. So the act of discarding a book that can only be done by a, li by a librarian. Um, scheduling that can only be done by a librarian in, Missis in, in Mississauga. Um, what else? Uh, special projects and displays that can only be done by a librarian. Um, versus Oakville. Oakville, I would when I was at Oakville, I was also I was on the desk a lot. I was also doing a lot more programming, so a lot more story times. Um and a lot more prepping for programming. So that was that was a big part. If you're doing any level of programming in a library, again, depending on the system, program prep will definitely play a significant part there. That's really cool. Do you enjoy th doing things like being on the reference desk? Is that a fun part of the day or is that uh sort of something that you you just have to do? <laughs> I absolutely enjoy it. Um, ultimately, at the end of the day, I love talking to people. Um, and you will get the people that aren't having a great day that really want to make that and really want to make that fact that they're not having a great day well known. Your mileage will vary. It depends on your location. It depends what you, who your your main, uh, who your customers are. Um, um, sometimes people come in not having a great time. Some people come in having a great day and 95% of my customers are fantastic. 4% of my customers are having a tough day and that's fine. And then 1% are, you know, it's, it, but, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a slim, it's a very, very slim minority of folks that, that make that, that can, could possibly make my day tough for me. So Matt, as our, because we're just about out of time, I think, um, do you have any advice uh, for current grad students looking to go into your area of industry? Be familiar, uh, be familiar with the places that you're applying for, what they want of you and what they don't want of you. Um, one of the big things that stopped me from applying to Mississauga very early on 
was me not having me seeing a bunch of things that said supervisor, supervisor, supervisor. Uh, but the way it works in Mississauga is uh, supervisors is just their word for in charge folks that make up 50% of the library staff. So be familiar with your systems there with with uh, their some of their jargon, some of their terminology and what their expectations are, what they're looking for. Uh, be prepared to move. Um, I was very, very lucky to find a place very close to my um, um, my house and then another system very, very close to my house. Um, but you might, if, if you don't have roots, you might be anywhere in Canada and even, even down in the States. Um, you got to, ultimately, if you want to go to the public libraries, you really do need to be prepared to go to where there is work. Okay. Thank you so much for coming on, Matt. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. I hope I hope my my rambling uh, helps uh, at least like one of your listeners. It's a it's it's a fantastic. The LIS is a fantastic opportunity, and the public library is a absolutely amazing field. Uh, there is no greater pleasure than seeing someone's face light up when you find that book that they're looking for or find that answer that they're looking for, and that is. That's what keeps me going at work. I absolutely love that. Well, thanks so much, Matt. Um, this has been GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. Your host has been Megan Bull, and I've been your co-host, Garth Casborn, and we've been speaking with Matt Skidmore. Uh, this episode was produced by Emily Hutchinson. If you'd like to be involved with the show, or if you'd like to get in contact with us, please email us at gradcast at sogs.ca. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter using at GradCast Radio. To hear our melodious voices, we are on Radio Western at 94.9 FM. You can also find all of our episodes in podcast form at our website, gradcast.ca, or on apps like Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Thank you for listening, and have a lovely evening.